Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the I Am Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today, we're excited to welcome Bruce to the show. Bruce, welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be back. <laughs> yeah, and I am so excited to talk to you about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. It is just, who knew? <laughs> no, no, because William asked me if I wanted to be on the show to talk about Boba Fett at some point, and I said, yeah, and then he invited me to this, and then... Where where's the boba? So what was your favorite Boba Fett line from this episode? I mean, there's there's just so many to choose from, you know. Oh God, uh, it, it probably would have been I am Boba Fett if he was in the show because he says that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am Boba Fett. Uh, but no, we're still excited to have you on, even if we're not talking about Boba Fett. Uh, unexpectedly, uh, we are. We're going to talk-, talk about Boba Fett. <laughs> exactly. We will talk exactly. About well, I want to hear your thoughts on on the on the series so far as well. I'm sure you have many many thoughts. But first, a message from our sponsors. No, we don't have any sponsors. Uh, intentionally, I was so. going to say we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's uh, some two brief uh, uh, pieces of news, video game news, which is exciting. First, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga finally comes out uh, April 5th, so I'm excited Yay. for that. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, also, in much bigger news, Respawn Entertainment, of course, the studio behind Jedi Fallen Order, confirmed they are not only working on a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which rumors are maybe out pretty soon, but they're also working on two other Star Wars games, a new first-person shooter and a strategy game being developed by in partnership with Bitreactor. Uh, so... There's a ton of new Star Wars games in development. Uh, Respawn's working on three already. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm really excited. Very excited. They've got a, an awesome track record beyond even just Fallen Order. Uh, they mm-hmm. also did Titanfall 1 and 2, both of which were fantastic mm-hmm. first-person shooters. So I am very excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the KOTOR remake because I'm actually wanting to play that game since, as both Stephen and William know, I try to play that game and then end up getting bored so i'm hoping that the remake was something that i can really get into because i've really really wanted to play this game and the hope is maybe one of the games that they have not announced could be a sequel to republic commando hope hope Hope. Hope. i mean they are ex great at shooters so i could see that i mean we now have lego star wars the skywalker saga jedi um uh, sorry star wars hunters that comes out later this year Mm -hmm. uh the jedi fallen order sequel Respawn's FPS game, their strategy game, the Ubisoft open world game that Massive Entertainment's working on, Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream, and the Kotar re- remake from Aspire Digital. So that's what, eight new Star Wars video games that have been announced in development? Plus the Indiana Jones game that Bethesda's working on uh, in partnership with Lucasfilm. So a lot of cool stuff. Yep. Uh, Bruce, do you do you play any of the Star Wars games? 
I mean, I play some. I do have uh, Jedi Fallen. Wait, what is it? Fallen Jedi? Wait, what is it? <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> it's a weird title, right? <laughs> I have that one, but I never finished it, but my daughter did. So mm. I was very happy about that. Cause, mm. uh, and then we do have the Lego Star Wars games, like from the, you know, episode one through six, when that was mm. at. Well, we got the original, then the other one that had the all six or whatever. And that's how my kids got introduced to Star Wars when they were little. Uh, they would play yeah. the Lego Star Wars games. And then when I was introducing them to the movies, they said, we want to watch one with the Ewoks. So we started with Return of the Jedi. They wanted because I, I didn't get to do the whole I will decide what order you watch <laughs> these movies. in. <laughs> so I thought, well, we didn't even watch all of Return of the Jedi. We just watched the Ewok part. But it was interesting over the years when they would watch the Star Wars movies. They were like, oh, I remember this scene from the game. They knew everything. From <laughs> really? The game. Wow. Right. Yeah. So that was their introduction to Star Wars. Wow. Yeah, that's that's fun. That is, that's crazy. But you're right. You know, you're right. And that, I guess that also explains why with every Lego Star Wars game, a lot of times they, they tend to go back and almost re-release. They kind of take a new take on it a little bit, but they have almost the same content. You know, uh, like they had uh, the first Lego Star Wars, I think, was the original trilogy. And then they had the prequels. And then they mm-hmm. did the complete saga, which was the prequels and the original trilogy kind of combined with a couple more little bit of content. And then now they're adding in all of that plus the Skywalker saga. So they keep repeating a lot of the same content but you're right for for younger players it might be their introduction to star wars is they kind of want the whole saga there for them Mm -hmm. yeah and when they saw the movies i think they were amazed that they actually talk in the movies and don't just (laughs) grunt well but that that's the nice thing about this new version because you can actually bring back what they call the mumble mode to where you can get the actual dialogue or them doing the grunt or mumble or whatever you want to call it but Uh, I, i missed that that's awesome that was one of the announcements because I I am looking forward to this. I'm like back and forth. Do I want to buy a Switch? My daughter's already like she's taking the Xbox. My son's fighting her for that. And I'm like, well, do I want to get a Switch so I can play the Star Wars games? And do I really want a Switch or a Switch Lite? So I'm like, I, I just happy. One of these points, I'm going to get a Star Wars something. And if it's a Star Wars Lego, I get to play it in mumble mode. <laughs> nice. I well, want to do a mumble podcast. <laughs> it'd be, it'd yeah, be captivating, we, right? Yeah, we should release a Lego Star Wars podcast when people tune in. It's just us going. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll I'll review a Lego Bruce, Star Wars. Bruce, what would you what would you rate this? <laughs> I agree. How many womp rats would that be? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we should probably get into our into the the main discussion. First, before we dive in, Bruce, I'm I'd love to hear your what have you, what, what have your your thoughts been so far in the book of Boba Fett? What do, what do you think? Well, it's cool because the first four episodes actually have Boba Fett in it, which is <laughs> I really like. And then I uh, I do enjoy the series. I'm I've been liking it a lot. I would say that my second my second my favorite episodes were the second episode. Well, I'm not counting this one, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. First Ignoring four. this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. My the second episode was. Uh, a favorite and then the fourth one okay. was one of my favorites mm-hmm. and but i've liked them all i've enjoyed them and then this one came out and it's yeah it's weird <laughs> but I, w- I honestly was a little disappointed as much and i'm just you know gonna say it now yeah. i love this latest episode but i was a little disappointed because number one yeah i knew i was coming on the show and i was like oh i want to talk about book of boba fett right and this is really mandalorian but the other thing is as much as I enjoyed episode four, I was really anxious to see, okay, now I'm really getting into this. I want to see what happens next with Boba Fett. And I didn't right. get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think the best thing about this episode was we got a backdoor pilot for a brand new, 
oh, wait a minute. This is already a series. We're going to got it back <laughs> for a pilot for the third season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, Tom, why don't you give us the episode rundown real quick? And, sure. Uh, and then we'll dive into it because there's a lot to discuss. And it's uh, this will be a fun one. Yeah, this and Tom, I better yes. hear you say Boba Fett in this description somewhere. <laughs> well, I will because it actually is the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5. Oh, there you go. Thank you. But it is, it is also The Return of the Mandalorian. And this was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and written by John Favreau. In the episode, an unexpected ally emerges. I, I find that kind of hard to believe that an unexpected ally emerges when it starts with Return of the Mandalorian. Yeah. But, but I got to say... I have got to give props to Bryce Dallas Howard on this episode. My God, this was such an episode to watch. Mm -hmm. Like like you, Bruce, I am torn. Because on the one hand, this episode is fantastic. Like, it's an, an, an incredible episode of The Mandalorian. Um, but I, I can't I, I can't but feeling that, like, we've talked about this on the show in the past, that... I love the episode itself, but looking at the in the context of the show, the book of Boba Fett, um, it's a little weird because it feels like we've gotten a lot of flashbacks so far, and then we get up to the present finally, uh, start in, you know kind of catch up to everything, uh, and and all of a sudden now we like completely switch gears and we go over to a completely different show. And if you're not if you're not paying attention, if, you know I think we'll we'll get into this more as we as we do our review. But like there's some critical developments for the Mandalorian, some critical plot points, oh. some character development. And if you're not paying attention, you might completely miss this. And so I'm very curious, both for like Mandalorian viewers, how they'll feel as well as book of Boba Fett viewers who maybe haven't seen the Mandalorian. Now, there's probably not that many of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a very odd choice. I guess it's like a, one of those chapters in the middle of a book where they just kind of go somewhere else and do something different. Um, but I, I'm torn, but I loved the episode itself. Yeah, I'll say I, I very much expected uh, a reverse of what we saw in season two of Mandalorian, where it's like, mm -hmm. ah, Boba Fett has joined. Oh, sorry, speaking of season two, Boba Fett has joined the Mandalorian and is now a side character for a couple of episodes. Uh -huh. Right. That's and that's what the kind of lead in from the previous episode I felt like was going to be is, ah, like mm -hmm. the Mandal uh, Boba Fett needs an ally. The Mandalorian walks off his ship and you know joins the hunt and that he kind of serves as uh not even second fiddle but like is kind of a fennec shand-esque type of character he's, where, like he's not in every scene but he's clearly there and important he's I, more of the muscle he, he's like mm. with uh black black chrysanthemum i i see what you're saying he would be more yeah. more of the heavy muscle for boba like, fett there would be a scene where boba fett goes and talks to i don't know his you know gangster friends or whatever and the Mandalorian doesn't need to come for that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but uh, the episode starts on, well, I mean, it starts in Halo, but we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> franchise in a moment. Uh, Cue the monk really singing. Just, yeah. It is just like, I don't know if I should call this like, is this Mandalorian season three, episode negative one? or episode I think zero? so. It's like episode zero of season three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a backdoor pilot for, for season three. Yeah. I, do you think season well, three starts with this as episode zero? Just same, like different title in a different context? <laughs> I, no, I, th I think it just picks up. I Well, uh, uh, I Bruce, would, Bruce, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think Bruce. of this one? Well, I do have a theory. On Go ahead. This. So, okay, let me just ask you this. Did you feel this episode had a higher budget than the previous Boba Fett episodes? 
Because it seemed to me that yeah. it had a yeah, lot. Yeah, it did. More, it had a big, yeah. much bigger scope, more locations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, so and here's the other, my. Th- the, and the yeah. other thing, not, not to cut you off, but the other thing about it is this is what I missed about Boba Fett. It's, it's, Boba Fett's too clean. This is what I was looking for in the Boba Fett series. Yeah. But sorry, sorry to cut you off, but go ahead. Go well, ahead no, I'm this. glad you said that because doesn't it feel like it doesn't quite fit in because of that mm-hmm. with yes. the other episodes? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have this theory. This is, and I hope John Favreau is listening right now because I want him to call me to confirm if I'm right or not. We'll, I think, we'll text him your phone number after. Yeah, we'll text him your phone number. <laughs> I think that this originally was episode one of season three of The Mandalorian. Huh. And they were producing The Mandalorian and falling behind schedule and having Boba Fett appear in the season and realizing that they weren't going to have these episodes out a year after season two. Mm-hmm. And so someone came up with the bright idea to make prequel episodes placing Boba Fett where he would be in this season three of The Mandalorian. So what they did is they see, they were probably filming episodes one, two, three, whatever, of season three of The Mandalorian and then realized, let's go back and quickly do four episodes huh. that are kind of a prequel to this, telling the story, backstory of Boba Fett that catches mm-hmm. you up to this, and we'll release, like, maybe... I, see, I'm curious to see what the next yeah. episode's going to be like. Yeah, but I, I, I Maybe agree. these are the first three episodes of The Mandalorian, where episode one was just The Mandalorian, and two and three bring in Boba Fett, and now we got the backstory, and they package it into the book of Boba Fett, giving them more time to do a shorter season in season three. Interesting. Very interesting because huh. it doesn't, it just doesn't play right. It, right? it, doesn't, it doesn't exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I love and, it. I'm torn. I love it. But yeah, it also from the context know, of the season. Yeah. And, and I'm grabbing my phone right now so I can text John Favreau to see if that's the case. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. I no, have no I connection him. at all. Dang. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Someone's got to have a connection because I think I, I'm going to call him on it. I think I'm right. I think this was supposed to be exactly what the title is. The return of Mandalorian. Episode one, season three. Interesting. I mean, like, I mean, you know, and to be fair, like, they did tease the show at the end of the book of Boba, uh, of the Mandalorian season two. They teased the book of Boba Fett, so they they kind of indirectly told people that hey, this is a this is important to the context of the Mandalorian, and I I fully expect, um, you know, Filoni and Favreau to have their series cross over, you know, uh, in many many ways. But I think it was Steven's point that I that I thought was interesting is that it wasn't a, the Bo- a Boba Fett show told, you know, focused on Boba Fett with the Mandalorian by his side, which is, I think what we were all expecting at the end of chapter four, yep. this was a hundred percent Mandalorian. And I, I, I almost, I almost wish they just called it like, if they were going to do something, if, your, your theories, I love your theory. It's a very interesting one, but yep. I almost wish they would have called it like the Mandalorian, you know, colon the book of Boba Fett or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, like yeah, branded as the Mandalorian because it, it this is the Mandalorian. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's it's a right. pe- because now think about because we're watching in real time as they come out. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward a year from now, somebody who's never watched the Mandalorian, never watched the Book of Boba Fett, and they subscribe to Disney Plus and they sit down and go, "I'm going to watch the Mandalorian." They watch season one, two, three, and go, "Wait, what's going on? Exactly. Where did you get the ship?" Right. Right. Well, and conversely, if you're watching the Book of Boba Fett and you haven't seen the Mandalorian, now most people have, so this is probably not going to be the case. But we were talking about this last week. You're watching the book of Boba Fett. And you're like, okay, you know, Boba's getting out of the Sarlacc. He's like doing something on Tatooine. We don't really know his motivations yet, but fine, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're getting flashbacks about how he escaped the Sarlacc. That's cool. Okay, I like that. 
And then all of a sudden we get to chapter four and it's like, he's like, I want my armor. And then boom, flashback, you know, in a brief, the briefest of scenes, we see all of a sudden he has his armor out of nowhere, kills Bib Fortuna. And then it's like, okay, now we're in the present. And it completely skips over so many questions because you had to mm. have watched it in the Mandalorian. And all of a sudden, and then of course the next episode is like this random Mandalorian guy who knew where no Boba Fett to be found. It's an interesting structure, and part of me thinks that we might get another episode of the Mandalorian effectively next week based on what they've set up. That, or they're going to have some people disappointed because they clearly have sent Mandalor the Mandalorian on a on another task, and that may happen in the next week, next next week in the next episode, and it maybe he'll be distracted in some way and 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 not able to go on his mission and he'll end up having to help boba fett and it'll be a more boba fett centric episode but it's an interesting but structure it's an interesting structure but i think your 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 theory is flawed there william because at the end of this episode he gets he gets basically recruited by Phoenix shan and she throws him which i love this she throws him a bunch of coin and he's like ah, no 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 i owe him a favor forget it take it back so, so he's, he's got a task and we're going to talk about this in the episode. There is a task. The Mandalorian is going to be setting out on that sets up season three. Yeah. But at the end of this episode, it sets up the next episode of Boba Fett. Yeah. That's how I read this, but it's the middle part of it that we get this, you know, hit the brakes. We're at the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, we, let's let's come back. Let's circle back around to this yeah. after we've we've discussed the episode itself because I think there's a lot of implications uh, for what could could happen next. Um, but first, so let's let's talk about that first scene. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was as much as I love Boba Fett. As soon as like you hear the Mandalorians, the Mandalorian mm -hmm. theme, and he's standing kind of behind those plastic mats, you know, the door, and you can see him. And just the whole episode, but particularly that moment, felt like a breath of fresh air in some ways. It was yeah. so different and so um, it's Not everything beige. I've been wanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Stephen, what did you say? Because it was perfect. I was like, it, it's not beige. We're not on Tatooine anymore. I love mm -hmm. Tatooine, but I'm getting a little bit of Tatooine fatigue. Yeah. And this was, you got to go to different places. You got all the things we love. They did, you know drop all of the lines <laughs> every single reference you could from the mandalorian except maybe i have spoken uh mm. but yeah it's it's great uh, bruce what your thoughts on the whole meat packing plant scene is very unique well i liked it because uh yeah it was unique i like how they introduce his character um now this would prove my theory wrong but the way he made his entrance where you see a shadow you almost expect oh that's boba fett and when he yes. enters it's like oh no it's not <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it was kind of a bit of a violent you know scene but him fighting with the sword and everything i mean it was just yeah i loved it oh, my biggest thing scene. when i saw this episode and he goes walking through the meatpacking plant I just want to see Sylvester Stallone or somebody like Rocky sitting there pushing that big old thing or just punching those big old racks of meat because th that's what I thought. But I all all the character design in that factory was just just perfect and fit that style they were going for. Each character looked like somebody you could see working in that factory and did I, not seem out of place at all. Those guys look like they really could be in Philadelphia. Uh, you know what? Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing against Philadelphia. Go ahead, Stephen. That the choice to have this opening sequence in the meatpacking plant is also just an inspired one from a 
uh, boy, we really want to showcase the dark saber, but uh-huh. we can't like we can't we can't show people being cut in half. That's not okay. But if it's just <laughs> random, you know, of meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, just yeah. great effects all around. Well, it's so it's so feel it feels so unique too because we haven't seen that in Star Wars before. Um, yes, it's a unique true. setting that apparently uh, uh, Grant Parker, a concept artist on Star Wars 13, was talking about how this was actually originally concept a, a, a concept that came up for the game Star Wars 13, 13 that was canceled, mm-hmm. uh, and they they've been reusing a lot of these concepts in the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, which is really cool and i just i it's just it has everything you know it's got the mandalorian going after his bounty he wanted to bring people in warm you know i can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold it's got all the all the bounty hunting stuff and mm-hmm. dinjarin is just so cool if you'd asked yes. me three years ago would you like a, t- a show about boba fett or about this random mandalorian we've never heard of i would have been like oh of course boba fett you know is that even a question <sighs> and I, this got completely like this i think proves mandalorian is awesome yeah and go ahead steven then i got something no i i actually i think i i disagree with your premise william (laughs) is i think how i'm gonna frame it uh it because i first of all you're right it was awesome to have the mandalorian come back and get to just even if you ignore the fact that this could have been a boba fett episode like having this as the intro was fantastic and a great example of how far they brought the character Mm-hmm. I would disagree in that. Uh, I think if you told me, "Hey, do you want a book about Bo- or sorry, a show about Boba Fett based on his appearance as we saw him in Mandalorian season two, I don't think your comparison would be quite as uh, one-sided as it feels right now. Like, and this goes to the budget question we kind of talked about earlier. Like, uh, I would have loved to have seen this. Like, if you could have replaced this with Boba Fett in some ways, mm-hmm. like Boba I, Fett tracking down and you know, walking through a plant, flamethrower going, you know, tuss, uh, gaffy stick in one hand, I think it would have been just as cool. Yeah. Th- that's a fair point. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, but I guess the character of where the way they are now, the character of Din Djarin is just so cool and so awesome. The fight scenes were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the Darksaber also being used, oh, it just, I, the Darksaber can... reflecting it off his armor Especially in that meatpacking plant. Oh, it's great. I give them so many points for having him actually cut himself with a lightsaber and showing yes. what it's like yep. when yes. you have someone yes. that's not trained with a lightsaber. And, and this isn't the only time we see him in the episode, but like the moment he's 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 wading through, he's cutting left to right, and then he cuts down and you just see this like large gash. It's like, oh yeah, that just goes through anything. That's mm, you yeah. should figure out how to use that maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one last thing on this topic: Do you think that they're going to have uh, issues at Batu because the meatpacking plant that you know supplies all the Ronto wraps kind of got raided by a uh, Mandalorian? <laughs> Those supply chain issues. I'm sorry, I had to go there <laughs> due to unforeseen <laughs> issues. Uh, we are out of the Ronto meat today, but uh, if you'd like the, <laughs> if you'd like to submit a complaint, please contact in Jaren and on Mandalore. Sorry, uh, we got to continue. Yeah. I so this to. is where the meat comes from for Galaxy's Edge when you go to eat there? Is that the I, deal? I mean, I, don't I can know. only assume so. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I love, it. I love it. And this this whole, again, we talked about the kind of the Tatooine fatigue a little bit that I, at least I'm I'm experiencing. It felt probably so fresh because of that. It, it, was, it was a unique setting. We then got this 
really cool ring-like space station that honestly felt kind of straight out of Halo, but um, I'm okay with that. Um, Were you blinded by its majesty, William? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna start, uh, go, the Mandalorian's going on a great journey here. Um, exactly. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's, it, the whole thing is awesome. And I love that one shot. It just tracks the whole time as he's yes. getting on the elevator or the turbo lift and like turning in the bounty. Everything is just, it's a, it's a cool environment. I hope we go back and learn more about it. it yeah. It is the perfect example of, uh, I think what star Wars can do best, which is making these really cool sets and environments that feel like real places. Like this was mm-hmm. just awesome. Yeah, yeah, feels like Star Wars places, but not what we've seen in Star Wars before. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And, and especially, I have to say, when he walked into that nightclub to basically turn in the bounty, that's kind of what I was looking for in the nightclub that was on Mos um, Espa. Because, again, this episode, just that whole feel of it, and and love love mandalorian love that but there's just it's just a little too clean for me and even in this nightclub it's dark it's dingy but it still had that star wars feel to it and you just gotta love it when he just puts that head that head down on the table Mm -hmm. i mean come on that was great oh even earlier when it's like dripping and everything yes yeah (laughs) i'm sorry anyway (laughs) more meat there we go yeah there you go (laughs) Well, a lot of the meat of this episode is actually some Mandalorian backstory, uh, and we get to go. Uh, the, get that you know, segue. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Mando he he heads down uh, below the substrata uh, to this really cool Mandalorian covert, um, and we get a, like we finally see the armor again and Paz Vizsla. And um, by the way, I just want to say, I did I not call that last week? Not not in a serious way, but I seem to recall being like, yes, I'm excited to see the return of the big Mandalorian from. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you did say that. (laughs) I did. I was was so excited when he showed up like, yes, this is everything I wanted. I I hate to say this, but you're dealing with the Darksaber. You're dealing with Jon Favreau. He's already fought for the Darksaber once. Do you think he's gonna try and get it back again? Yeah. He wrote the episode. Oh yeah, it's just it's so good. And while it's a lot of exposition, and yes. a, a lot of it is to kind of catch up viewers for who haven't watched the Clone Wars or Rebels. Mm-hmm. I was I don't know about you guys. I I didn't find it boring at all. I was like entranced watching it the whole time. It was so good, right? <laughs> um, you know, like Bruce. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like. We finally get to see, you know, the night of a thousand tears and the great purge after hearing about it in the Mandalorian. And, you know, of course, being immersed in Mandalorian culture through this show and Clone Wars and Rebels. What did you think of this whole thing? Well, again, I mean, those flashbacks to the purge and everything was just incredible. Again, it just felt like the budget was so much bigger on this episode than the previous. I'm going to just keep saying that throughout. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. (laughs) You know. But just getting all this information is when I really stopped and thought, why are we doing this in the Boba Fett series, right? It's ding, like, ding, this, ding, this ding. belongs in the... Ma- this is this is huge information. I mean, right. we're even correcting things about so, you know, the Darksaber and yeah. how it's handed off and, you know, all the criticism of that. And 
there was just so much information in this setting. It like again, yeah, it's like setting up the next chapter for yeah, we'll see Mando. What, we'll see what the next episode is. I yes. genuinely believe when Mandalorian season three comes out and you go on Disney Plus to play it, there will be a season zero, which is just this episode. You think? So? I would. Or, I would sorry, not episode be zero. I would not be like, surprised. I, if you don't watch point, it, you'll be confused. Yes. Yeah, we're past the point of like, oh, there's a minor detail that we can like have, you know, Din Djarin and Summer's like, oh yeah, like I took a, a trip to Tatooine because I wanted to help out my old friend. Like, there's an, just this sequence has so much that happens that is critical to the Mandalorian story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and not just that, just the history of the Darksaber. I mean, I love the explanation of, you know, it it is a, you can wield its power, but it's also cursed that if it basically falls into the wrong hands. And then also I really love how the, you have to learn how to use it because if you're fighting the saber, it gets heavier. But if you're fighting your opponent, it's much easier. I mean, all that exposition that came in there from the armorer was just, I, I'd and, love to watch it again before the next episode drops because there's so much there. And hats off to, I don't know if it was Pedro Pascal or you know one of his, the other kind of stuntmen that did it, but like, mm-hmm. You can feel the weight of the blade mm-hmm. change as yes. he's fighting, which is yeah. just so cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate to make I hate to keep making comparisons between the two shows, but like when Boba Fett fights, it almost feels slow. And part of that is we talked about this in the previous episode last week. But you know, yes, there's an aspect of um, you know, like he was hurt. He was injured in the Sarlacc. He had to get out. Mm. He was healing, right? But we've also talked about those comparisons to the Mandalorian, where in the Mandalorian, uh, uh, Boba Fett is a fantastic fighter. It's brutal. It's fast. And in the book, book of Boba Fett, it feels a lot slower for some reason. And Din Djarin didn't have any of that, right? He, he's he's fast. He's nimble. He's still fighting against the blade. He's struggling in ways. He's learning. But um, it, it the action sequences just felt faster. And like they had a lot more weight to them mm-hmm. um and it was just cool to see like him training with the dark saber had like a trials of the dark saber uh uh kind of vibe from rebels and uh of course like his his duel against the uh against paz vizlo and paz like wants to take the dark saber from him mm-hmm. oh it's so good it is well, so good and the other thing about this that's total exposition there's only three left in that coven. Mm-hmm. There is really nobody else from when you saw them basically in the Mandalorian, there was a bunch of Mandalorians left plus the foundlings. And now you get to this place and there's only three. Le- well, now technically only two. Well, but, does Din Djarin count as one of the three? I, I assume he was three plus him, but maybe not. He, no, I, I, I think. Go ahead, Stephen. Because I, I, I want to think... hear your thoughts, too. I read the armor statement as including him because mm. again, in her mind, she like, I think and this episode shows it more than any, like this, this is a cult, like yeah. right in a lot of ways. And the armor is saying, Hey, you are, you are a member of this cult un- until I say otherwise, but uh, you were, you may have been doing an errand, but you will, you are one of us. Yeah. We're one but, of us. But, but, but there, Bruce, what are your thoughts before I, because because there, I think you guys are missing one piece. But Bruce, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm doubting myself now. I'm not sure if the armor was counting him or not. In that, see, and and I that I think you might be right because she's she asked him directly, "Have you removed your helmet?" 
Mm. And remember, I think when he admitted it, I think that's when she goes, you're not a Mandalore anymore. Now, that's probably in the eyes of the watch, which Mm -hmm. means for the three of them, they're now down to two because the only way he can redeem himself is in the waters of Mandalore that is now completely destroyed. So that to me says that technically in their eyes of the watch, he's not a Mandalorian anymore, even though he's still a Mandalorian because he's a Mandalorian. Sorry. No, so that, yeah, that I definitely agree with. I just don't think there's anyone beyond the two that we see there. Oh, that I agree. I think it's it's the armor and it's Paz Vizsla and they they are the cult is down to was three now two. Yeah, yeah. Um, although this is an interesting question. So, but to kind of summarize, the Mandalorian acknowledges that he removed his helmet, which is against their religion. I'm gonna say, uh, and he is cast out for his crimes. Do you think? Uh, do you think we're going to see him attempt to rejoin the, like, I can see a story where they go to Mandalore. Yep. Like, oh, they've been they, building they toward don't... Mandalore in, in the Mandalorian season oh, yeah. two. I, yes, I think he's going to go does, to Mandalore. But does he go to the mines? I think going to Mandalore, certainly, because the, the whole Darksaber plot is like a large sword shaped arrow pointing at Mandalore. <laughs> well, it's but... pointing at Mandalore and it's also pointing at Bo- uh, Bo-Katan. Yeah. So everything's pointing that direction. What, what do you think, Bruce? Do you think he'll... I mean, I think he'll go there, but... Uh, to the mines, but at the same time... But, well, no, I, I take that back. I don't know if he will, because from the past seasons, I feel that... I'm kind of surprised that he is going along with this Mandalorian way, because he's seen there's other ways. Mm-hmm. That he can be a Mandalorian mm-hmm. and not do it in this manner. That right. he may say, you know, if I want to take off my helmet, I can take off my helmet and still be a Mandalorian. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's what he'll realize. Cause like, you know, of course when the armor is talking about the story, she's she says that everyone died except the watch, because they were, you know, hidden on Concordia. And it, it, clearly Bo Katan, you know, was a member of Death Watch. Um and she you know, well, she kind of splintered away from Death Watch in in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that uh, at one point she was part of Death Watch in the the children of the watch are almost like a splinter group of, of death watch. Um, keep in mind though, the armor is not going to consider most of the people from mainland Mandalore to be true Mandalorian. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, I think she's saying she believes that there are only three, now two true Mandalorians left the armor, but there are certainly some Mandalorians like, like Bo-Katan who are, you know, who are still in Casca Reeves who are still out there. Mm -hmm. We don't know how many, not there aren't that many, but I, I suspect that, there's a bunch of really small groups and that Din Djarin is going to be the one who unites Mandalore again. He's going to go back to Mandalore. He's probably going to bathe in the waters of the, um, you know, below of the mines below Mandalore, because that way the armor will follow him if he's a true Mandalorian. And then he'll somehow figure out how to unite everyone under the dark saber. Cause that's basically what they said. They basically flat out said that Bo-Katan it's her fault that, Mandalore was destroyed and splintered mm-hmm. because she had she took the the dark saber from from Sabine without doing it through combat. It's strongly implied that it's her fault. Exactly. That's how yeah. I took it too. Yeah. Which again answers what everybody was complaining about in that last episode. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. about what we saw in in uh, uh, Rebels and such. But here's the other thing: 
I mean, this is going to sound like I'm kidding around, but what is the significance of using part of the, what is it, the, the stuff they use for the armor, the, the Baskar? Baskar. Baskar. Why are they doing that for uh, Grogu? Why make the chain? What's the purpose of that? Is there going to be I mean, any meaning behind that in any way? That's- I mean, this is, there's the comic I've seen. I don't, I wish I had like a source for it, but it, it's, you know, uh, baby Yoda or just like imagine a Yoda character running around in Mandalorian armor. And I think we're a ways <laughs> I, off from that because I think- he's a, he's a, he's still a youngling effectively. Yeah. Like he's clearly not in a position where he can uh, go out bounty hunting, but I think this is a nod to that. Yeah. And I, uh, I also, I, I was trying to bring it up with my son. It's like, I think it's basically the sigil. I think it's the, the thing that that's on uh, Mando's armor on his shoulder. I think that's what, that's all it is. Because we see them forging like chainmail. Yeah, but I, I saw the cartoon. I might be I see a different cartoon than you, but I see like you know one of those old medieval armor things that were just a bunch of chain. And I see a thing with a photo of Grogu, and basically it's a thing, a chain thing that goes around him with his ears through it that make it look like it's like a chained hood. I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's just basically a sigil. I really do. Uh- um, we've we've had Halo, we've had Star Wars. I'll bring in a third uh, franchise. Like I'm I'm kind of expecting this to be the like the Mithril from Lord of the Rings, where like Frodo has his magical you know chest armor that protects him, and I think we're about to see the Mandalorian equivalent of mm. the Mithril chain like vest that will mm. protect him. I mean, so, maybe maybe we're gonna get a scene where we see Kylo Ren slashing through all see, of the the younglings, and then like. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Grogu's lying there, and then it like cuts away later, and you see in the smoke like his his robe has been destroyed, but there's like glowing Beskar chain on his chest or see, something. Steven, we all laugh, but I think I think that's exactly what's going to happen. All right, I in Aaron uh, Goins, good friend of the show, had had a similar theory. I was we were talking, I was talking with him, and you know, like obviously the the attack on the Jedi Temple. Well, we know we know Grogu is is with Luke right now. Presumably at his academy, his Jedi Academy. We know that Kylo Ren will eventually turn on the Jedi Academy and kill everyone in 28 um, uh, ABY. Uh, so 28 years after the Battle of Avon. Um, right now we're at five or six, maybe, because the Mandalorian started five ABY. So my guess is that we're now probably six-ish years after the Battle of Avon. So we still got a ways to go until that happens. But he doesn't age very fast. Uh, so I could see it. Maybe it's, it's just a gift and he looks cool right now and he's cute in his Mandalorian armor, but I would not be surprised if that is what saves his life and, and he doesn't die. Cause I, I'm pretty sure they're looking and going, oh my gosh, if baby Yoda dies <laughs> and Luke's Jedi <laughs> temple, we're going to have a revolt on our hands from the fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's like if he dies right when he's saying his first word ever, he right. finally can speak <laughs> and he's killed. Master. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be Mando. Yeah, Mando. <laughs> Mando. So I, so we, he gets the chainmail. It's tied up in a little Grogu-shaped package, which I feel like is just even more on the nose than it needed to be. But it was yeah, adorable. It was, uh, it was adorable. Yeah. It was. yeah. Uh, so I have an interesting question. So, and Tom, you alluded at the very end, the Mandalorian says he, he has another thing he needs to do before... He can help Boba Fett, clearly referencing that he's supposed to be delivering, you know, the gifts to Grogu. Yep. Do we think Mandalorian season three features Grogu as a main character again? I had 
so transparently, I had been hoping he wouldn't because I thought that would, I thought it'll, I think it'll mix up the show in a way that is important to give it a different focus and let them expand a little bit. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that's still the case. I, I think it, it gets to, I'm going to say the design of the ship that he ends up uh, getting mm-hmm. at the end. Cause I, I hate to say this, oh, it does you... kind of, I know grown. I heard that it does kind of point to the possibility. Um, we'll, we'll get there because th- there's a couple lines that happened toward, I was they're furry. That's all I'm going to say. Um, that kind of took me by surprise. Oh, we'll, but, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, we're going to get there. That's why I stopped. That's why I stopped. <laughs> um, Bruce, what do you think? Yeah, Bruce. <laughs> is Grogu going to be a, a recurring character or a main a main focal point in season five? Season five, uh, season three. Season five. <laughs> uh, you could predict season five, too, if you want, but that's probably harder. Well, I'll tell you this. If Grogu's in season three, he'll be four, five, six, and whatever. But I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if he'd be a main character. I mean, I see the Disney people saying, oh, we've got to capitalize on Grogu. Mm-hmm. He's got to be in it. But at the same time, I see John Favreau like, yeah, but the story's been told with Grogu with Mando. Right. Like, why would we? Mm-hmm. What would what, what would Mando actually do with Grogu? Unless, I mean, they can make a whole story around somebody's trying to get Grogu, so Mando's trying to hide Grogu yeah. and trying to help the Jedi and all that, maybe. But then it takes away from the Mando character. I'm not sure, but I feel like they're. I feel like we'll see so, Grogu. I just don't know if he'll be a main character. So I'm gonna I'm gonna risk something here. Um, Bruce, because you just said something that I think is, I experienced this this previous week, um, and if anyone from work happens to be listening, they're they're gonna know what I'm referring to. But I'm gonna assume it's gonna be okay, probably, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I I was using an analogy uh, during the week to talk about, hey, we're doing last year we did a thing, this year we're doing something that's gonna be bigger and better, and I I very very heavily referenced it as it's it's the empire strikes back we're we're taking the original and we're going to do it bigger and we're going to improve on it and it's going to be awesome and one of the replies i got from you know someone who i like i'm sure enjoys star wars but it probably isn't on this level uh it was like you know and we want it to be as amazing and cute as baby yoda and i was just like but Empire, like for me, Empire is Star Wars. It is the the shining star that when you're like, oh, Empire is amazing. I don't know if Baby Yoda is a good like Star Wars mascot, if that makes sense. That's not when I think of Star Wars. That's not what I think of. And so I, not to say that Baby Yoda is not a fine character and shouldn't be in, you know, the next season uh, or shouldn't show up in the next season. But I agree. I want it to not be the focal point. And I think the Mandalorian can will be a better show. It can be a bigger show if they're not tied down with that very specific relationship. Mm-hmm. Or or bring Grogu in another series of some type. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's sure. the Ahsoka one or something where, you know, she reunites with Luke in some manner and they've got Grogu. There. I don't know. I mean, I just don't want it to get bogged, Mandalorian getting bogged down in Grogu-ness. You know? Right. It seems like what would be natural is... The Ahsoka series, or if they did like a Skywalker Academy series in which they just dealt with the Skywalker Academy because Grogu basically went to go train to be a Jedi. And now let's see how he does it and leads up to the fall of his temple, I guess. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense to have him, you know, Book as of a main Fett, character next season. Chapter six is just going to be all about Grogu from his perspective. And he's going to see Mandalorian <laughs> stop by briefly and just leave, give him a gift. 
and then leave. <laughs> is that just is are we just gonna keep going like and then the season after that we get kylo ren or sorry the episode after that is kylo ren and then the episode after that is when grand admiral that, that's Thrawn, the end of the season there's only seven episodes <laughs> so okay so episode so episode seven is gonna be from the perspective of grand admiral Thrawn running into kylo ren who ran into grogu who ran into the mandalorian who ran into boba fett the book of boba fett and, uh, and somehow some ahsoka's got to be in there somewhere because she is looking for boba. grand admiral Thrawn. yeah yeah no i I'm torn. Like, I I agree with. I think they're gonna try to do have him because you know, like, what what else what else do they do with with Grogu aside from him looking cute? I mean, they can have the father son relationship some more, uh, and maybe have you know Din Djarin continue to learn that you know, like, they actually brought up this conflict between no attachments in the, with the Jedi and and having attachments with the Mandalorians and the the, the Watch. And um, you know, maybe he'll he'll learn, or, or maybe even Grogu will help him learn how to become a better leader of the Mandalorians. I don't know. Um, I, I'm torn though. It's it's possible we'll just see Grogu once in the next episode, or once in season three um, of the Mandalorian. And it's possible that he'll be a main character. I mean, the the big the um, uh, the hollowed out droid socket with the the little bubble behind Din Djarin's head in his new ship mm-hmm. that screams Baby Yoda's head like sitting behind him in every single shot like that. Okay, that is we're, a okay. strong okay. indicator okay. that that I, could happen. I, I, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the ship more. I just I have so many so. <laughs> I'm gonna speed run this because I just I can't hold it in anymore because I literally, <laughs> literally from the moment this happened. So he, get, he goes to Tatooine, he gets his new ship, uh, and then it's got his little baby Yoda thing in the back, whatever. Um, Tom, I have a question yes. for you. Yes? So you you have children. Yes, I do. So, you, I, of course, as a responsible father, uh, you went out and your personal vehicle to, you know, help <laughs> with your children is, it's like, you know, a 1990s two-seat two, uh, two coupe, right? Sports car, because clearly oh, that that sure that yeah, of yeah, course yeah yeah, yeah. I, I see where I see where you're going with this of of course I am I am so very frustrated <laughs> yeah why, I mean why I, did he buy this ship he at least fair, at this Pelly point, kind of like forced him into it but no no she no, no. she encouraged him however he is a bounty hunter bounty hunters. Like, and you can't well, tell me that it might change. He did it like five minutes ago. Steven, Steven. Bounty hunters okay. you know, like collect he's, people. He's going through a midlife crisis. Sh- he's looking at this ship going, ooh, it's not practical, but boy, no. is it cool. It, no, 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 but no. He no, still it wasn't says cool. he wants a razor crest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he I, did say that. But but you guys, you he, guys are forgetting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're forgetting one word. It wasn't cool, William. It was wizard. It was wizard. <laughs> That's it. God. Okay. Uh, I cannot describe how much it bothered me that he bought a ship that is literally impossible to use for his chosen profession. But see, that, you know, that, that kind of bothers me too. But also the fact that when I saw him on the razor crest, I figured, well, this is also his home. That's where he Exactly. That's where he has no home. He's got to go to a hotel now. So when he goes out and is picking up his next bounty, he's got, okay, so it's, I got a 20 hour flight to get to, uh, you know, I don't know what back to halo. Um, oh, uh, wow, man, I sure hope there's a bathroom on this thing. And <laughs> I mean, maybe it's in the armor. I don't know. But like, there's no bathroom. Okay, he got there. Great. Uh, dead or alive. Or sorry, warm or cold. Well, sorry, it's going to have to be cold. 
because I can't fit more than a head in here anyway. No, you put <laughs> like, them in the dome. You chop up the body and put it in the dome. You see all the parts in there. There you go. <laughs> Matt Rushing had a good idea, had a good suggestion. Maybe this the bo- below the ship. There's like a carbon freezing uh, uh, contraption, and he just like you know hooks them onto the bottom of the ship and goes. That's possible. It bothered I, me I, I, so I, much because it's a cool ship. I thought the but same thing, Stephen. I thought the same but thing. Just, I love this ship, but it's a little impractical. <laughs> okay. All now, I will he, say, all all I will say is this. I'm sorry. I want a Lego set of this. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, we can continue. But, <laughs> <I> so, <think laughs> we, we can rewind. Also, so we also don't know. Already... Maybe that droid port behind, maybe there's a lot more room. Maybe, maybe you can put someone back there. If he has Grogu with him, of course, that wouldn't work. Although maybe Grogu can sit on his lap. Probably not. Um, but, like, you know, maybe he can stuff the guy in the back seat and, and that will work. Um, but I did think the same thing. Like, you don't have a bed. You don't have a uh, your whole, like, bathroom contraption like we saw in the first season where is he gonna know. put all his weapons because remember he had yeah. that nice really cool weapons well, locker he just has a dark saber now it's all he needs uh well it, that's right because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the spear anymore yeah yeah but it is cool to see him get a, a, a naboo n1 starfighter and it's like it's it's polished silver just like him um, it's like cool Oscar. looking. Uh, yeah. It is cool looking. No, it's not cool looking. It, no? it would be cool looking. Steven, no, I'm sorry. Really? This is my other pet peeve. Okay. Sorry. I. Steven, so do I you love... like Star Wars? <laughs> hey, oh, gosh. Bruce, we all know that the only way to show that you love something is to tear it apart relentlessly, right? Like, uh, that's... that's what happened to the Naboo fighter. It was completely torn apart. They rebuilt it. Sorry. No, so I, sorry. I do love that it's a Naboo N1, minus the practical reality. Yeah. I even like most of the improvements to it. I hate like it legitimately ruins the ship for me that it has a hot rod engine sticking out of the front. <laughs> it. I cannot. Oh. Like, I literally can't describe how. No, much that I, looks great like, for the biking gang from episode three. Like you put oh that goodness. next to them, then you're set. Ah, uh, you mean you mean the pause Ves- uh, the Vespas? Yes. The Vespa gang. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on this rant for a long time. Hey, he it, could have co- colored his ship with the Vespa colors. That's you know? true. That's yeah. true, but it wouldn't I, match his Beskar armor. <laughs> I mean, like you, Steven, I do miss the Razor Crest. I loved the Razor Crest. Uh, it's such a cool ship. And this one is definitely not as practical. But I do think it's go. I do think it's cool. And I I, I mm-hmm. liked um, you know, like honestly, I thought when they were introducing uh, when Pelly was inter- Pelimoto was introducing it, I thought it was gonna be one of those like, you know, he was just gonna walk away and not actually get it. And so when they they started working on it and then he actually like bought the ship eventually. I mm-hmm. was surprised. Um, I I did really enjoy the whole sequence, though. I feel like I, this episode nailed the comedy, whereas some of the other absolutely. episodes have been a little bit more like cringy, you know, or cheesy. The comedy in this was spot on. Whether yes. it's like, you know, uh, um, uh, like just Pelimoto is one of those side characters. Even even in the Mandalorian, I didn't love her as much as some of the other ones, but. Pelimoto compared to all the other side characters so far in the Book of Fett, she's light years better, I think, than than the other supporting characters we've gotten so far. Okay. And, and the she humor the is one. so much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're furry, by the way. Um, but <laughs> I think in this episode, this is the episode that made that character shine. Yes, 
because yes. this this literally worked on her. I, I got to say comedic timing. It worked on the way she was able to even facial expressions, how she's sitting there like watching Mando as he's looking over the ship and she's like rubbing it like, you know, like I hate to say it, a used car salesman rubbing it like I'm going to sucker him. I'm going to sucker him. You see that look on her face. Yeah. But all you watch her, you um, Amy Sidris, her acting of that character in this. So good. She Yeah, so good. So made that character, even when she got, even when she got taken away by, well, that was a womp rat, right? That took her. Yes, that was a womp rat. It was so cool. A very large womp rat. A very large womp rat. Um, So even with all that, and then she sits there and bags on the droids, which we're skipping a We're skipping two things about droids. First, I'm going to backtrack a bit to the the, the destruction of Mandalorian. Wasn't it really cool to see the uh, K2SO droid? Yes. As that, that was cool. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to jump forward again into this one. The little droid that came out of what video game that appeared here that's got everybody going, oh, my God, how cool. Fallen B- Order. BD yeah. from Fallen Order. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a perfect – and, like, the concept art with, of uh, Pelimoto with the BD droid, like, on her shoulder, which is obviously directly from the game. That's, like – Give me that in the next season of The Mandalorian instead of Grogu. Like, give me The Mandalorian with a cool droid companion. That I'm all here for. Yeah, it's I I I just loved everything about you know Pelimoto's character and the the I thought the humor in this whole even even the, like the little details like for example when um, they're traveling to Tatooine right and and, and he has to take a Starliner because he doesn't have a ship yet. It, it's great. He's like taking, you know, public transportation. Um, and the RX droid demands that he check his weapons, right? And it's hilarious. He's like, it's like a good, I don't know, 30 seconds of him just taking weapons off of himself. Um, and it's, the, the comedic timing is just great. And I, I feel like this is kind of what they'd been missing. Uh, and it's just so, so well done. But you know, when he put the weapons in the case... Were you thinking what I was thinking? Like, okay, and then when he gets to where he's going, they open the case, and they're gone. Something's missing, right? <laughs> you know? Right. Well, the bag's right, right. gone. Sorry, it's gonna take like two or three days to. We'll find the bag and we'll like drop it off where we were staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was all there. So, so you can't if trust. you pick up the dark saber from someone else's luggage, are you now the Mandalore? Like, does that count as taking <laughs> no, in combat? Duel has to be a con- in combat. Has to be a con. Yep. I don't know. Have you ever fought someone at baggage claim? Like, it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I do have oh. to say I don't know if you touched on this, but I really loved how the little kid looking over the mm-hmm. seat. I just I love that because it doesn't happen on every flight, but you kind of see that in any kind of movie that has somebody in a plane in a passenger seat. There's always a nod to a little kid who's going to sit there and and do either something funny, disgusting, or just be a kid. And I really appreciated that. And I appreciate I appreciated the payoff in which he did get up there in the Naboo fighter and the little kid saw him outside the window. So I thought that was that was really cool. Can you as a side note, let's think about what that scene means. That kid had a connecting flight through Tatooine. What a horrible place to do a connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he was going to visit have- like his, you know, uh, he was going to see the uh, his his uncle or grandfather was Greedo. And so he was going to visit in Paris Bats ah. to get Greedo's grave. I was going to say, yeah. It was a, it was yeah. a quick trip. <laughs> God. 
too funny. <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, and, and of course, the kid comes back. We do see the kid later. Though. Like, he's, like you said, when, when he's finally taking the N1 on a, on a test flight. And it, it, everything about it was, like, very Phantom Menace. You know, from, like, the way yep. he, the... The N1 is flying over the the Starliner that almost looks like a, a droid control ship, and mm-hmm. we've got some X wings. But with the return of uh, Lieutenant Re- or Lieutenant Return of Captain Carson Tiva and Lieutenant Reed, um, I do love the uh, yeah. You're not allowed to do that to passenger ships. Like that's just that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and but yeah, flying the N1 even on Tatooine. Was incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, just right. over through the Padres track in yes. Beggars Canyon. Oh, yes, which is not a smart thing to do. I feel just as a side note, like there's a people crash in Beggars Companion all the time from doing stupid stunts like that. Just how irresponsible. Yeah, but also Beggars Canyon had a bunch of womp rats. Maybe he was gonna go mm-hmm. bullseye them in his. Well, he didn't have a T-16, we did, but we he had did a see fighter. a womp rat in the canyon too, and yeah. I thought they were maybe gonna do that as well. That would have been funny, but. I just want to say, I really, you talked about the kind of episode one references. I feel like that was almost shot for shot, just episode mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the Padre sequence. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, it's, that was just... it's cool to see like, you know, the N1 being such an iconic part of the, 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 the battle over Naboo combined with Tatooine, which is a huge other chunk of the movie. Uh, it, it felt like you're kind of getting, you know, a large amount of the Phantom Menace's iconic things in like one place in one scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was put together very well. It didn't bother me at all to see all this stuff at all. Yeah. And that ship is fast. It is like, yeah, especially when you activate that Kinesio switch. Oh boy! <laughs> and and Stephen, that's why it has the extra thing on the hood. Yeah, it no, does look like a hot rod. It's such a. It's just not okay. <laughs> and the fact that it was like vibrating in the ship too was like, no, this isn't. It's not a car <laughs> engine, like. Does he gonna have to stop and fill it up with like gasoline from the tank too? Can, like, can you can you wait till we get to our overall ratings? I have a I have a reason for that. <laughs> well, please. Sorry. Speaking of vibrating, though, I love and this is earlier, but I love the detail of the vibrating vibro blade. That was so yes. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was such a small cool detail. I loved it, and like the the energy shields that the Mandalorians have in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yep. you know. Oh, anyway, sorry. I, I, I had to go back because I was just so good. Is this this episode was just so fantastic, and it's really completely detached from from the book of Boba Fett, with the exception of two things. I, I would I would say one, Pelimoto makes a reference to the fact that the Pikes are kind of taking over the planet, and that not even the the local police want to do anything about it because they're all too scared of the Pikes. Kind of hinting at what's going on in the rest of the 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 planet. And then, of course, that very last sequence when Fennec Shan comes and offers uh, Din Djarin a job. And he, like, like we said, started to talk about earlier, he agrees to help. But he says, and it's on the house, but he he says he has to pay a little visit to an old mm-hmm. friend. So that's where I want to know, th- you know, like, and we, again, we started to touch on this earlier, but I'd love to d- dive into a bit, a bit more, you know, are we going to see Grogu next week? Or are they? Because like I, I could, see, I could imagine one of a couple options. One, next week is, Gro, is 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 the Mandalorian going to visit Grogu? But is the whole episode? Is it half an episode? And then we go back to like being Boba Fett's story. And it's, this is the second to last episode in the in the series, the Book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett. So, because I believe it's a limited I, series. And so, could, would they do that, or would they skip over it and say, 
next week, oh, he went to go see Grogu. You'll see this in season three, but he's now back and we're going to continue. Or is he going to be stopped on his way before he can leave with, by some emergency and he won't go see Grogu till season three? I feel like those are one of the three probably options. What, what do you think, Bruce? Like, do you have a theory there? Well, I mean, my original theory when I saw this was that what you one of the things you just said there where we see him come back at some point with Grogu and that whole story of him reuniting with Grogu is what we see later in season three. So it takes place. Season three takes place between this episode and maybe the next episode. I, But I, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that because I, I just don't know how you get Grogu into this with two episodes left in the right. series. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the what's the purpose of having Grogu here? With the Boba Boba Fett so, story, and then we established this Mandalorian story in this episode. So the next two episodes, in my opinion, would have to be very heavy on Mando and Boba, right? Like, together, right? So how do we get Boba out of the picture and back with Grogu? Like I, I don't, I don't know. with two episodes left, right? I don't know how that would work. So, but then I he does says he has to go see a friend, right? So he's going somewhere. So. I don't think we see Grogu at all in either of these two episodes. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we may not even see the Mandalorian in the next episode. And if instead he's left for as a kind of like Gandalf look to the dawn on the third day or look to the east on the third day, whatever. And he just Mando swoops back in in episode six to kind of help finish things off. But the biggest reason I think that is I don't think they're going to show Luke's Academy. I don't think they're ready to show Luke's Academy. And... Mm. That's where Grogu is. And so we either have a very awkward, you know, we see the temple from a distance and baby or and Grogu like walks out to see him, which doesn't really make sense. I, I can't see that happening. So I suspect we're just not going to get that at all. Well, well, how about this theory? How about the next two episodes of this? This is just speculating. They basically build up to, let's say, a war between Boba Fett and the Pikes that ends up going into dun, dun, dun. Season two. Because that way you think they won't even resolve the the pike conflict? I think I think something will something will have to come to a head. Maybe we could see the start of a pike conflict in these next two episodes. And then maybe continue it and finish it in season two to kind of be the hook. Because you need to have a cliffhanger. Because because right now we all have a point here. They can't bring Grogu and continue the Mandalorian story in the next episode because how many episodes of Boba Fett are left? Two. So they're going to have to either draw out this Pike battle and and somehow shoehorn Mandalore back in, Mando back in, or draw it out and have it as a cliffhanger to let's say there's, you know, Boba Fett gets kidnapped by the Pikes and boom. There's your do season we, two. Do we know if there's a season two for Book of Boba Fett? So I, I don't I know. thought it was a limited series, but I guess I'd forgotten that Robert Rodriguez did make a comment that maybe they could have a season, second season, depending on the how the audience responds to the show. But I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a limited series. Which which it is, but, you know, you know we, like we brought up a very valid point. How are they going to finish this in two episodes? Well, that's exactly. So even ignoring The Mandalorian, I think that's the biggest structural problem I've noticed, even ignoring the Mandalorian, um, we've got the, like we've, we've spent most of this 
uh, season so far on flashbacks, and they're just starting to develop the conflict. And now we know, okay, like there's this, gonna, this conflict that's going to happen on Tatooine. And he's like, okay, we're going to hire some muscle. And then we took a diversion on the Mandalorian. And so now we have two episodes left to address this whole conflict on Tatooine, which I worry will be rushed just given how much, you know, like, I don't, I don't feel like the present in, in, in storyline has really gotten that much um, play so far. And so I feel like they're kind of they're It's, it's difficult, but now they mm-hmm. have, now that they've done the Mandalorian. They have to keep, a, they have to add him in. They have to address it. And if they're, if they're not going to show Grogu, if they're not going to bring Grogu in next week, because they like strongly implied he will. I mean, they basically said he's going to be. Uh, they they strongly hinted that he's going to be in the next episode, right? It's possible they won't, but the Mandalorian said that's he's what he's that's what he's going to do first. And I worry they're going to upset right. a lot of people if they don't show Grogu. Now they've they've said that this is going to happen. Uh, they've set all of this up in the previous episode. They said, "Oh, you know, we need to go hire someone." We hear the Mandalorian's theme, and in the next episode, there's the Mandalorian. This is even more explicit. And if they don't show Grogu, I, see, I, I think I actually disagree. Sad. I don't think it's explicit at all. I think the next episode, we're just not going to see the Mandalorian. Well, so I uh, they there is wiggle room where they could make that happen, and they could they could technically do that. But I think they're gonna the the people viewing may be very sad. Like they're setting up expectations for something that may not actually come to pass. And if that happens, I think people will be upset. And it also creates this weird structure, like you were starting to say earlier, Bruce, where now, you know, um, in The Mandalorian, you'll watch season three, and if he does go see Grogu at the beginning of season three, he now has this random gift. Where did he get the gift? Where is this, you know, he's not a Mandalorian anymore. He's not, or at least not a child of the watch. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's changed uh, that you will have missed if you didn't watch this one random episode of The Book of Boba Fett. So I don't know, like I... I think if they don't show Grogu, there's going to be a lot of people who will be disappointed. You know, as you're talking, my head's spinning right now. So (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm starting to think now this is where, where I'm leaning now towards that. I'm wondering if the book of Boba Fett really was starting to play out more like a six episode thing. Mm. And they wanted to bring Mando into it with Grogu and maybe we'll see him at the end of the next episode arriving to help Boba Fett. And then the last episode is Mando with Boba Fett and Grogu's mm. there. And they had to explain, well, you know, why does Mando, why does he have Grogu? Why, you know, we, that was never explained. So if we drop this episode that we did for season three, at the start of mm. season three, and we drop in the middle of this six episode Boba Fett, make it a seven episode, it mm. explains what Mandalorian, what Mando's been doing. And he says, well, I have to go see mm. an old friend. Right. Then when he comes back, you're like, oh, yeah, he went to see Grogo and, and brought him back. And maybe we'll see all that in the next season of The Mandalorian. But um. Yeah. What I was starting to wonder also, I don't know what I was starting to wonder now because I'm confused <laughs> because it's all like, <laughs> it's oh, tangled. I know. it's a very tangled thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know what I was going to say. But then when you go to watch the next season of The Mandalorian, every episode of Mandalorian gives you a synopsis of what came before. So it may relate things back to Bo- Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So and it'll have its own opening crawl. Like in, a in a crawl. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Got it. Right. Well, you're right. They need to, though, at this point, because yeah. right. people are going to be lost. And I, 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 I just think about like the casual fans, 
um, like some of my family and friends who I've talked to, um, uh, you know, they're, they watched the first couple episodes of the book of Boba Fett. And they're like, it's fine. It's not, ne- it's not as good as the Mandalorian. I don't know if I'll continue watching. Um, but they loved the Mandalorian. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know at least a number of people in my family and close friends group who are like this, where they love the Mandalorian. They started the book about like, ah, it's not really my cup of tea. And, and they never got to chapter five. And for them, I had to basically tell them like, if you like the, the book about Fett, watch the whole thing. But if you, if nothing else, do not drop the show completely. Just go straight to chapter five. Cause you need to see chapter five. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's 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 a very odd structural setup because a lot of times characters will cross paths across different shows. That's common, right? Uh, a lot of different uh, um, pro- different properties do this, where they like MCU, for example, they cross over and oh, okay, this character is from this other thing. But I feel like they're putting critical plot developments in other shows completely out of context. Boba Fett taking over Jabba's throne and killing Bib Fortuna in the Mandalorian. Now critical Mandalorian plot development in the book of Boba Fett. It's an odd editing choice. And and yet maybe Bruce, you're right. Maybe it is like we just, they felt like they needed something in the middle of the season. I don't know. I don't know. So, well, first of all, are, are we feeling about ready to go to ratings? Yeah, I am. Is that, yeah. yeah. But I have a I quick have, question. Uh, Go ahead. The armor, going back to that scene, was there like a Easter egg from the armor about Legends, Star Wars Legends? Oh, yeah. Is that what that yeah, was? I, I heard that. I, I'm going to call it an Easter egg. Um, I, 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 I heard what you heard. There has to be an Easter egg in there somewhere by what you said. Yeah, because I'm not that familiar with what the Mandalorian stories were in Legends. I'm not that familiar. So when she said whatever it was, and she goes, but that right. was Legends. I yeah, thought, oh, I mean, did that happen in the books? Yeah, I for me, I, I've read all the Karen Travis books when it came to the the her version of the clones and Mandalore and Cal Scarada and all the other stuff. It's been a while. So... I've got it. But when I heard that, it's like it has to be somehow tied back to that. That's how I took it. Tom, did you catch when when the armor was training Din Djarin? She was calling all of her strikes in Mandoa. Yes. Well, she's going, she's one, two, three, four. But it was all in Mandoa. And I was like, oh, that's I love it. I love the little and, details like that. <laughs> and I also saw. I also saw somebody pulled it was when Boba Fett did the funeral pyre mm-hmm. yeah. and he also did a Mando Creed. If I saw that um, somebody translated to it when he did the the pyre. So, yeah, I I love those little details that they're throwing that stuff in there. I, I think it's outstanding. Well, yeah, I think maybe we should dive into our final so, ratings. Or right, Stephen, you have so I, I, I have a procedural question. Okay, are we rating this as an episode of the Book of Boba Fett, or are we rating it as an episode of The Mandalorian? And does that, and interestingly, does that and should that change the ratings? So here's how I'm thinking about it in my head. Um, I was thinking about rating this episode on its own as a standalone episode, but Fair. when we go back and do a review of the season, that may play into. The season review. Love it. What do you guys think? Sold. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whatever. Okay. Whatever works. Um, Tom, you, know you want to go first then? I was going to let Bruce go first. Uh, don't, don't, don't put Bruce on the, on the, the spot. Don't put no, Bruce on the spot. No, I don't want to. Okay, fine. Okay, then I, <laughs> guess what? I think I am going to go first. Um, on its own merit for this episode, I am giving it a 9.5. I absolutely love this episode. I, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm going to say it. I can't gush over it any more than I already have from standalone Mandalorian episode. This was outstanding. Get into the part with, um, like I said, the Tatooine part where he's building the ship, all that comedic. I just thought this works so well. And Bryce Dallas Howard, I agree with everybody. You need to have your own series because so far everything she's directed has been outstanding. And I just love this episode. So I am giving this episode a 9.5. And with my 9.5 Womp Rats, see, Stephen, the, the little housing that's on the uh, Nebu fighter, that's actually housing the 9.5 Womp Rats. And you want to know how it gets the extra speed? Well, it uses Womp Rat power. And it grinds them up to make oh. that extra speed. That was more information than I needed, Tom. Thank there you. There you go. It's like Back to the Future, except... Womp rats instead yeah, of trash. Rats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So instead of the flux capacitor, you know, using garbage. Well, no, wait a minute. They do eat. Well, we don't know what womp rats eat. So anyway. Um, but yeah, that's 9.5 womp rats. I, I totally love this episode. Uh -huh. So, um, Stephen, why don't you go next? Ah, uh, you would. Okay. Well, I, okay. Uh, I, I tried Bruce. No, I, it's no. okay. It's... I'm trying you. No, William, you it's... go. No, no, I can go. It's okay. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I, I'm realizing I probably sounded a little down on this episode. Uh, I also greatly enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid episode, and I, not just because the budget was there, but partly because the budget was there. Um, and it was just, like you said, William, it was a good reminder of, like, oh, yeah, this is why The Mandalorian is really good. And even better, I'd say, this was an episode of The Mandalorian where it's like, ah, oh, this is one of the non-filler episodes, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, and I do, I really am thinking of this as season three, episode zero. And I fully expect it to be at the front of the like watch list when season three eventually comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, the ship drives me insane. And I probably am knocking like at least half a point off based solely on that. Um, it's just not a practical purchase. But I will rescind that if and when he gets another Razor Crest that like has that in, inside of it. So it's like, you know, a, a larger ship with a... Uh, like single fighter hangar bay, uh, mm -hmm. then I will be 100% on board and I will give it an extra half point back. Um, but until that point, minus half a point. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a nine out of 10. Solid episode, again, on its own merits. I'm, I look forward to talking about this with 2020 hindsight in our season review. Um, Cause I think it'll just, it'll be fascinating to see uh, where, where and how this ends up fitting in. Mm -hmm. And then with my nine out of 10 Womp Rats, um, well, look, it just we saw there were 10 Womp Rats, obviously, at the beginning. They've been nesting in Pelimoto's, uh, I guess, shop, hangar. I don't know what the right, 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 right word is. Uh, one of them got caught, but the other nine are just waiting for their chance. For those droids, or Peli herself, to be just a little bit careless, to not notice what's going on around them. And then they will strike. Oh boy. Um, well, I'll I'll go next. Um, you know, I think 
<laughs> I, wow, I I love this episode as a as an episode of Star Wars television. This was awesome. We got Mandalorian backstory, answering questions we've wondered about, showing us scenes that we've always heard about, but we're always you know didn't really have clarity on. Right? Um, it was kind of heartbreaking to see Sindari blown up on Mandalore. Um, the 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 character development here the 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 the, the whole sequence it felt so fresh it felt so different it, it really was like a breath of fresh air when i started watching I'm like ah oh, wow i love this. this it feels like we're home in some ways you know kind of chewy we're home um and so yeah i thought this episode was phenomenal and it is a incredible episode of halo i mean the Bandolin, I mean, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I loved it. I'm excited to see what they do next. I, structurally, I'm curious how they go from here and how they um, kind of wrap things up in this season. But I don't really care because I, 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 I enjoyed it too much. So I'm going to give this, uh, like you, Tom, I'm going to give it nine and a half Womp Rats out of 10. And um, my nine and a half Womp Rats, um, they are... Um, they they actually help the 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 Jawas steal uh, the parts out from under the the Pikes transport that that, that they were looking for. That and, I thought was funny, that and that's actually really why they funny. attacked Pelimoto's because that one Jawa who was it, it, the, the their relationship didn't end well, and he was you know he felt kind of burned, and so he sent that Womp Rat after after Pelimoto. So. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this was an awesome episode. It was so good. We got lots of womp rats. Um, and the Mandalorian is an awesome character. I love Din Djarin. I think this cemented for me, Boba's cool. Din Djarin is fantastic. That is a bold claim, sir. I'm good. I mean, I'm sticking with it. Bruce. And it's, I'm still enjoying the book of Boba Fett to be clear. But I, this is, I feel like what they, I mean, if it's, if it's any indication, like I was watching with my wife and she loves the Mandalorian, hasn't been super into the book of Boba Fett. Uh, she didn't really love the first four episodes. She watched this episode. She was kind of like, I don't know if I really want to watch it. I haven't like really been enjoying the series all that much. And she watches like, wow, I love this. This was great. And I think that's telling. Bryce Dallas Howard did an incredible job. Anyway, oh, outstanding. Yeah. Bruce, what would you rate this episode? Well, I mean, first of all, being the guest here on the show, you should have let me go first. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I didn't want to go first anyway. So, yeah, no. Every, a lot of what you guys said is, is what I feel, too. And I just want to just mention something about Din Djarin And, okay, sure, he's not... Sure, he's he's cool, and I think watching this episode made me realize how much I really like him and how I like him more so than Boba Fett. Because not that I don't like the Boba Fett series, but this is taking place in a different time in his life. And mm -hmm. I think what Boba used to be is what Din Djarin is today, right? And But this is like getting an old version that's been with, Tuscan Raiders and found himself into something like he's like a totally different thing. And they have to take their character in a totally different direction than what they've been doing in the Mandalorian. So really the Mandalorian was set up to be, to be like Boba Fett, but now we have to make Boba Fett unlike what we thought Boba Fett would have been and whatever. Mm -hmm. Tell this whole story. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, this episode alone, 
I really think it knocked it out of the park. It was great. It was probably one of my favorite Mandalorian episodes. Mm -hmm. And in traditional Star Wars fashion, nothing ever seems to play out correctly in order with things (laughs) because the movies didn't come out in the correct order. The... Clone Wars episodes were all over the place. And that so is, that is true. keeping up with that tra- uh, tradition, right? So why not? Uh, but I, I would almost give it a 10 out of 10, but I won't because it's, it's an episode that's setting up things. And a 10 out of 10 for me has got to be something where it's almost like it's complete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It brings a resolution at the end that right. just blows me away. So that's why I can't go that far. So yeah, great direction. I think she deserves uh, a movie, so maybe we'll see that, and we can compare hers to her father's movie. That would be interesting, too. Yeah. Uh, but I would say 9 out of 10 Womp Rats, and my 9 Womp Rats are working for in the spaceport for the transportation mode. They, they're responsible for all the luggage. <laughs> And making sure that everything is unloaded and everything is correct and it gets to the right owners. But the problem is there's supposed to be 10 of them. The missing one is on the passenger lounge looking over the seat at passengers <laughs> as it takes off. Oh, nice. <clears throat> oh, that's Love good. Oh, yeah. So this is... This is so much fun. I, I, I enjoy... I love diving into this. I feel like there's just so much to discuss in this episode. And I'm genuinely curious to see where they go from mm-hmm. here. So, yeah. Like, I know. I almost didn't want to come on because I wanted to see the next episode. Of, I, like, you know? Yeah, know really yeah. This is all about. Right. <laughs> well, we have to wait till what? Wednesday night? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's almost here. The wait's almost over. Oh, I, I do Tuesday, like these Wednesday, Wednesday nights because we record on Sundays. So yeah. we, we watch it on Wednesday. I kind of marinate on the episode for a couple days. I work on the show notes. We review it on Sunday. And then it's like, it's time to watch the episode again. So it helps keep, yeah. make the week go by fast, I feel like. Um, but yeah. But Bruce, thanks. thank you so much for for joining us this week. This was so much fun to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time. And you're right. This was a great episode to talk about. Oh yeah, and do you want to do you want to plug your uh, what you what your your podcast and everything what you're doing? Not really. No, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's such a waste of time when, when I do these so, things. Like, oh, when, <laughs> instead, oh, Bruce, would you like yeah. to plug our podcast? I do. <laughs> yeah, I will. Please. Actually, I will say. Okay, so my podcast the the main podcast I'm doing is called Positively Track, and of course it's Star Trek related. But I did plug you guys on what we recorded yesterday. Oh, thank you. Yay, thank, thank you. you. So, so that's done. And I'll, I'll do it again in the next episode too. So you get a double plug for me. Wow. Thank you very so, much. I mean, your listenership is just going to go out the roof now. <laughs> it's going to be incredible, but you can also find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underlying Rex. And you know, I am on the Star Wars report whenever Riley decides he's ever going to record an episode and tell <laughs> yeah, me that, about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got like, uh, what, 18 episodes left? Because the goal yeah. is to reach 501 right. by May. Yep, right. And he hasn't been doing many. And I think, William, you were on the last one, but that was a while ago. Yeah, that was, was before, before Christmas, that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows? So. I'll be on there at some point. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks so much for joining. This was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Uh, it was always a good time talking with you. And um, 
looking looking forward to hearing more of what you what you think for the last two episodes of the of the of the series so i'll let you know sounds good well thank you again and uh everyone check out your all your podcasts possibly trek is great and um of course the star wars report and follow you on twitter and yeah we'll be back in uh, next weekend with our review of the book of boba fett chapter six unless it's another episode of the mandalorian and then we'll be reviewing the mandalorian chapter who knows what whatever it is we're going to be reviewing (laughs) it either way oh thanks everybody thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away for over a decade ion cannon has covered every corner of the saga from the films and animated series like the clone wars and rebels to books comics games and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.